Now, what we saw yesterday as the Philadelphia 76ers were swept out of the playoffs by their arch rivals was indeed the end of this era of Sixers basketball. There's only one reasonable conclusion to draw. The process was a disaster. There were so many reasons. I'd love to tell you the strategy itself didn't work, that tanking is a bad idea, and boy, did they ever tank. Over a three-year stretch, they went 47 and 199. They lost 25 consecutive games twice. So they humiliated themselves, and for what? See, that's where it really went wrong. The strategy wasn't their biggest problem. It was the execution. They took Jalil Okafor, number three, in 2015, one spot ahead of Kristaps Porzingis. They traded two number ones to Boston to draft Markel Fultz, who had more DNPs than he did made field goals as a sixer. Meanwhile, the Celtics used that trade to draft Jason Tatum two spots after Fultz. Tatum scored 108 points this week in sweeping Philly out of the playoffs. Because Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are what remain of the process. Together, they've won 10 playoff games and missed 383 games. Which is a shame, really, because no one could argue they were bad picks. They're both all-star caliber players. But between Embiid's health and Simmons' offensive limitations, it seems they may have gone about as far as they're ever going to. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's over. And if so, the moral of the story is this. The process was designed to revolutionize the sport. Instead, it became a cautionary tale that hopefully will keep any team from ever trying it again. Now, what we saw yet For advertising opportunities for the following show, email us at cornerpubsports at gmail.com. It's time for the best pubcast around, Corner Pub Sports. The gang is all here gathered around the bar to bring you their opinions on the latest sports topics while drinking their favorite brews. Follow the gang on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Corner Pub Sports and on cornerpubsports.com. You can also join in the conversation by texting 267-277-3406. Now, grab a cold one, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the pub. Hey, this is Jason Bertides from 97.5 The Fanatic and the Stick to Hockey Podcast. And you're listening to the drunkest, craziest motherfuckers this side of the Mississippi. Corner Pub Sports on Wildfire Radio. Corner Pub Sports. Another week, and we're back. Corner Pub Sports coming at you live here on Friday night on Facebook Live, and of course, if you're downloaded on iTunes and uh, TuneIn and Spotify and iHeartRadio, what is it? What is it again? I forget. What is it? What is going on, everybody? How's everybody doing, man? Yo, 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 yo! What's up, fellas? Hey, gentlemen. Back at the What's pub. Up, Mark? Back at the pub. Yeah, Mark. Mark's tuning in here and uh, giving us some love here. And uh, speaking of giving us some love, there's something on my microphone. Thing here. It's like a pubic hair. Is it? Oh, so the microphone got some love. Yeah, apparently. Now we have a, a very special guest coming on today in a little bit. Um, I gotta be honest with you. As far as guests with the, that we've had, he might be the most acclimated the most uh, accoladed uh guest we've had it's uh he's a he's a hall of fame he's a philadelphia flyers hall of famer 
Brian Prop is joining the show tonight. And one of he was one of the scrappiest fucking players to play in that era, and uh, during a different it was a different style of, of NHL hockey. It was. It was it was beat up your opponent, check the piss out of them. If they don't like it, then fight them. And then we'll have our other guys, while we're doing that, our other guys will shoot the puck in the net. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's going to be fun, man. It, I, but if you do something wrong, you like a beat with a stick. Yeah. But you'll get your ass kicked when you're at the bar outside the ring. <laughs> it, it's it's going to be fun to talk to him, man, because he's got – He's had quite a uh, quite a life after hockey, and uh, so it's 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 going to be a lot of fun to talk to him. Um, what, what are you guys drinking? Let's start off with with that because you know. We got blue moon. Little blue moon. I got a lager. I got the magic hat. Sorry guys, I'm I'm dealing with a work thing. I'm trying to multitask like crazy today. So. Oh, good oh. for you. <laughs> that sucks. I'm just letting you know why I'm not like. Yeah, I hear you. Saying, it's all good, man. What's the matter, Mike? You you get a little frazzled tonight, man. I've been busy. Yeah, it's been a long week. Yeah, and I thought it was going to be ending a five post. Mike, yeah. do, do you need a timeout, Mike? I do. Beer. Do you have Do you have that unfresh feeling, Mike? <laughs> I do. I've that yeah. too. Try our new flavor, Smoky Oaky Barbecue. Okay. When you're not feeling so fresh, insert this. This may help you. Even if you can't get to the barbecue, at least you'll smell like you were there. <laughs> <laughs> you're having that unfresh feeling. Hot oh, stinks. Try <laughs> Monistat 7. <laughs> no, Monistat 7's for yeast infection. Cobwebs. You get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. a new one that was not planned but i figured it would fit well talk about cream cheese <laughs> i stuck my big black johnson right down his goddamn throat you get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit all right so <laughs> it's all over her shorts all right so Where'd Mike go? <laughs> I just fucking said that I'm working, asshole. You're still working? Yes, that's what I said. I'm working. I got my other laptop right over here. All right. Five, so, five, seven. All right. So, Jesus Christ. All right. So uh, uh, the Flyers, man. Uh, let, let's let's hit up a little bit about the Flyers real quick uh, before Proppy, proper calls. Uh, he's going to be like, what the hell am I tuning into? Um so the Flyers, uh, they either that or those guys are fucking nuts. Check this out. <laughs> yeah, right. They, uh, <laughs> Polsky said Mike feign it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, uh, they tied the series up at one apiece, uh, after game one, which is very underwhelming. Uh, they came out flat. They, I think they were taken by surprise. The Islanders were faster. Uh, they attacked, uh, you know, they, they could, they scored a couple quick goals and that was that. But, um, the Flyers that came out. The and... ability of the Islanders, Jesus Christ. They're, they're, they're damn good, yeah, man. I, um, I'm concerned. Um, I do think this layoff, for whatever reason it happened, I think this is going can benefit the Flyers, especially a coach like Vigneault. Um, Let's regroup. Let's look at some film, 
see what they're doing. But the bottom line is that the Islanders have a lot of skill, and they can skate. Mm-hmm. And the Flyers are having problems with that. Even with a team that was less talented with the Canadians, they had problems with it. Yep. The thing I noticed about, about the Islanders, Ryan, is – like if you don't stay on them, they have the ability to score very, very Quickly. quick. Yep. They're they're very, very quick. And if you can't match their intensity and, and their ability to skate, they're gonna get you. They the yeah, Flyers um... the Flyers out the Flyers scored forty one more go- goals than the Islanders did during a regular season. But man, I don't know. I mean I that team looks like a pretty good offensive team to me. I mean they you know, not not saying the Islanders are a bad offensive team. I mean the, you know they were middle of the pack as far as the you know the uh, Eastern Conference went, but um, and they're young, yeah. But they're and they're coached. They're, they're fiery tracks. They're coached well. Like, yeah. Talk about somebody who looks like a human fire plug. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the dude can coach hockey, man. He's he's a good coach. Yeah, so. he's a, everywhere he's going. Yep. He's a winner. Yep. So, yeah, so game two, the Flyers come out and score three quick goals. It's 3 nothing at the end of the first. You're feeling great, right? You're thinking, oh, man, they, they have a chance to, like, blow them, blow them out here because, you know, they, they knocked the starting goalie out who, who by the way, set the – in the same game, needed 38 seconds in that game to set the all-time Islanders playoff record as, as far as shutouts go, shutout time, like 183 a, minutes or something. That's an organization that had Billy Smith play for them. Yeah. That's an impressive record. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cali just put Barzell as a beast. Dude, they got a lot of really good players on that team. I mean, they, it's impressive. And, and like you just said, they're young. And they're I'm I'm a little concerned too, dude. This, this is – I said Flyers in six, and it wasn't going to be an easy six. I don't know, man. This, this next game, so um, real quick, before we – before because the Flyers game was obviously postponed last night to this weekend. Look, we're gonna we're we talked about this beforehand. Um, we are obviously not blind. We're not naive. We know what's going on in the world right now. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, everyone has an opinion, and no opinion is going to be good enough or or accepted by everybody. And we're we're pretty pretty much taking the stance that if you're going to criticize us for not saying anything rather than saying the wrong thing, that's the stance we're going to take. Uh, not saying that we would say the wrong thing, and you know, I, I don't know what the wrong thing is at this point. Well, aside from the stating the obvious, um, we just feel that you know, if you're tuning in for political or or you know, very serious topics, you're not getting that here. You're not getting that here, and that's not what we've been about. And it's not saying that we don't care. We obviously do care. All four of us have our own opinions about the situation. Um, that's exactly one of the reasons why we're not getting into it. Yeah, not so, on show. Right, so it's just yeah, we, not. We try it, to be, I mean, you know, I, again, we we take live seriously, but the podcast is supposed to be fun. Right, we're not here to. We don't want to bring everybody down or bring you know. There's plenty of other you know places that you can find that we we just want to be fun loving and kind of you know. There's right. enough hate. We want you to be an outlet and a release for for fun shit, not. Right. For that type of shit. There's right. enough hate and bullshit in the world that we don't need to do it here. Right. You just put up with our bullshit instead. Right. That's what you exactly. Do. Uh, so, so the the game was the game was postponed. Uh, so instead of having a back to back Wednesday Thursday, they now have um, they now have a back, they now have a back to back Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. 
Did you see Molly's uh, thing there? I need some separation from the real world. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. That's, exactly. You know what we're here for. Right. So. But I mean, you know, you know what? I mean, as far as what we're doing with the Flyers, if the Flyers win Saturday, then their chances are a lot more likely than if they lose. If they lose, they may pretty much be in the bag. You don't want to go down two one and have the pressure on you for a back to back. Not against this team. Right. You'd rather you'd rather be the other way. If you lose that back-to-back and it's 2-2, I can live with that. Uh, as long as they don't look like total shit. Uh, yeah. I think one of the things that's concerning me now, we've had that conversation on a text thread. Um, I'm not calling them out I'm not the, or anything like that. I don't want this to be construed the wrong way. Carter Hart has not looked great since the second shutout against Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, that game – the other night, granted, we had a three nothing lead, and um, then they were all. To, but that game should not have went to overtime. Say what you want about the second goal, the fourth, but the third goal, like the guy's right in front of him. There's not a screen. He has to make that save. He he has to make that save. Um, granted, it came off another turnover, which has to stop. But um, Carter Hart's. I think he's hitting a little bit of a rookie wall wall with the playoffs. Maybe a little overwhelmed. I mean, um, he faced 34 shots and saved 31 of them. Two weak goals, Gary. I understand that, but still, he made 31 saves. It's not about the saves you make. It's about the ones you don't. Damn. He almost lost the game. That's for true. Oh, the defense oh. lost the game for you. Comes down to your goal in the playoffs, Gary. I mean, you know, you still need your de- good defense. In they would have won the, the, the Stanley Cup if they had a decent goalie. Yeah, what it could have, should have. You know what I mean? Yeah, what it could have, should have this year, though, Gar. No, it's yeah, not. I, I'm just going to say that you have a little bit of a man crush on 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 Hart, and, and it, it doesn't does seem like you can do it, no it, wrong. Not that, but, Gar, it does kind of sound like that. Any time a little bit of criticism comes out, you get a little defensive, bro. I'm not getting defensive. I'm just looking at a positive part of it. That's all. He's a rookie. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make his mistakes. Absolutely, I get it. But I mean, let's look at what he did. That was good. He made thirty-one fucking saves, and, and, and he had two weak goals that went in, and the one weak goal that went in, his defense broke down on him. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. That the ones that are his fault, let's criticize him for it. But the ones that ain't his fault, don't criticize him over it. You know what I mean? That third goal, that is his fault. Okay. You got to pick up the. You got to pick up the defense. The guy was right in front of him. That's a save any goalie in the NHL should make. All right. You guys, all right. We're good. All yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, we have a special guest on the air with us right now. Um, he is uh, one of the Flyers' all-time greats. He is in the Flyers Hall of Fame. It is Mr. Brian Prop. Brian, welcome to the show. Yeah, how are you doing today? Doing great, doing great. So you're on with How my... are you, Brian? Yep. Hey, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Awesome. So uh so Brian, um, you know, you, you came up and uh you know, you drafted in seventy nine. Um I, I figured this would be the best question to start with because because it's so fitting being at the Flyers or playing against the Islanders, 
right currently. And uh, your first career game was against the Islanders, and you end up scoring the game-winning goal. What I mean, yeah. How how did that come? Like, what was going through your mind at that time? I and mean, here you are in the biggest biggest stage in hockey, and you scored a game-winning goal against the Islanders. That's got to be pretty awesome. Yeah, well, that year, uh, like I, I was playing with uh, Bob Clark and Reggie Leach. And then after 20 games, uh, then I switched to Penn, Paul Hembren and Kenny Lindsman, and then Bill Barber kind of took my place. Uh, place, but it was a good good way to to learn playing with Bob and Reg. And so I know the first game uh, was against uh, Bill Smith, and I uh, scored the game winner and I had an assist. And then uh, then 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 our second game we lost nine to two, and so I was thinking, wow, is this the way the NHL is going to be like? And then we went. 35 without a loss after that. So because uh, my, my last year in junior, junior for, for the Brandon Wheat Kings, uh, we only lost five games out of 72 games. Oh, wow. So that was pretty amazing. And uh, so we had powerful teams uh, in Brandon. And, you know, that, like last year the, uh, in 79, we uh, got drafted. There was uh, one league in the NHL. And uh, you'd have it didn't have bargaining power, and so you, you took what you had, and uh, it changed to an 18-year-old draft too. So that's why uh, Bork and Lori Boschman were uh, drafted before me. Oh wow! So that was a li- it was a little different because it was the World Hockey Association was still there, and then they switched to one league in 1979. Oh okay, get it right. Brian, go ahead. Hey, Brian. You know, Ryan, Corner Post Wars, thanks for coming on. Um, I just had a question. Um, obviously, we all know, the, like, the devastating hit that you took, um, the injury that you had. Um, question I have is that, like, how did you feel after Ron Hexcall, um kind of, like, attacked Chris Chelios and almost beat him with a stick <laughs> for, like, retaliation? Like, how did that make you feel? Did you think he went too far? Did you appreciate it? Well, at that time, like uh, that was in 1989 when we were playing against Montreal. And in the first game, uh, Chelios hit me from behind, uh, high. I got knocked out. Uh, you know, I, I was out of the, in the hospital the whole night. And, uh, but, you know, you know, I only missed one game. And so we, we played in the series until we lost in game six. And then that's when Hextall, we, we were lo- losing by two, two, two goals. And Hextall kind of just was upset with the, what happened. And so he took it in his own hand. But to send a message to everybody that's here to be a leader and not, uh, not take anything from Chelios. And it meant so much for me to this day uh, he's a great leader, and uh, that's what leadership's all about, protecting your own uh, team and sending a message. And he, he unfortunately got uh, you know, a, 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 a penalty for 12 games that next season, which was really unfair. Yeah. But I, I love what he did standing up for the, the team. Yeah, Hextel always had a, a tendency to uh... – Go a little off the handle, you know, whacking people with a stick. And I, I think that's why we loved him so much in Philly. And, um, you know, pretty much, I mean, during the 80s, I mean, I, I felt it was 
you know, you, Barber, uh, Hextall were pretty much like the faces of the franchise, I thought. Um, so, you know, we, we, yeah, agree. Yeah, we, we appreciate, you know, what, what you guys brought to the town for sure. Yeah, well, and so, like, you know, I started in the, in the 80s, and I was there for 11 years. And uh, I, was, I was in the playoffs uh, for 50, 13 years consecutive. And then I went to Boston and uh, Minnesota and then ended up in Hartford. Uh, but, you know, it, it was great in the 80s because we had guys like Mark Howe and Brad McCurman, right. uh, uh, Tim Kerr, and Paul Holmgren, you know, like uh, Bob Clark. Uh, Reggie Lee, Barber, McLeish, you know, we can, uh, and then we, then we moved in 85. We, uh, uh Tockett, Mellonby, Zevil, and uh, Smith. And they, so they learned at the start how to be uh, better players with the team that we had. And so they turned into good leaders. And so the eighties were, were great for the flyers. Uh, I know we went to the finals in 1990. 80 where we played against the islanders and that year it was number one against number 16 so you kind of uh, worked that way that's why we played against the islanders in the final and then it changed after uh, the conferences changed a little bit after right. that so we were beating ourselves out and then edmonton uh, kind of took took over in the mid 80s and then but you know we still got back into the finals in uh, 85 with Pelly Lindbergh, and unfortunately he, he died in right. a car crash, which he could have been one of the best uh, goalies in the league at that time. And then the 87 Hextall came in, and so he was a rookie and uh, won the con smite. Yep. And so we uh, we forced him to game seven. And uh, and then after that, like uh, I still went, uh, went to Boston, was in the finals in 1990, and 91 I went with Minnesota to the finals again. So I had a good uh, uh, role run with uh, the playoffs, uh, you know, five Stanley Cup finals, five all-star games. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's all about the player that you play with. Right. You, the, you have the good teams, and you, you, you just uh, make sure that uh, you did as, as well as you can and tried to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, you were, you were on some pretty amazing lines. You had some pretty great linemen with you. And you got a chance to play alongside Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux um, for Team Canada. I mean, what was that experience like? I mean, you, you know, I I know you're gonna you're gonna be humble, but you know, you were you were one of the best in the league as well. And, and here you are playing among some of the best to ever play the game. I mean, what was that like for you? Well, it was in 1987 uh, when uh, you know the Canada Cup started in uh, after the uh, playoffs last year in, in 87. And then we had a camp, and then uh, Keenan was the coach, and Bob Clark was the GM, and we had Doug Crossman and uh, Talkett and myself, and uh, we had uh, Hextall and uh, and a couple other players uh, from the Flyers. But uh, it was the best hockey ever uh, because the Russians still weren't drafted; they had to defect if they went to play in the NHL. It wasn't until 1990 when they could get drafted. So they played. Uh, they were they were unbelievably, and uh, so so with Team Canada, like the leaders that we had, uh, played with. Like I said, I played with Lemieux and Gretzky most of the tournament, and you know Tockett and and uh, Sutter, and so all these people knew that it's it's powerful uh, play to play for your country, for Team Canada, 
and it was a three-game series. So every score was a six to five. We lost the first game six five. We won the second one in double overtime uh, six five. And then with a minute left, uh, Lemieux scored to win. So for me, it was really special because I was in three Stanley Cup finals and I didn't win any before. So it was nice to be on the winning side. And then in 1992, I also won a Spangler Cup for in the Canada Cup. But also in, in World Championships, I uh, played for Team Canada in uh, 82 and 83. So I got a lot of experience from playing in uh, these t- tournaments too. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. All right, Brian, I I mean, I'm a little older than these guys, and I remember I had to click the sweats on the back of the TV to get the prism, and that's how we got the Flyers. And um, oh, yeah. first of all, I'll say Chelios could not stand that guy. What a jerk off. <laughs> and um, my question for you is, what is your most memorable your most memorable thing with the Philadelphia Flyers, whether it be a goal, whether it was something in the locker room, or whether it was something even on so on, on the media? What was your most memorable thing with Philadelphia? So for me, it it was, uh, you know, I played a lot of years uh, in the playoffs where I'm proud of the playoff stats that I have because a lot of people never play a playoff game. And, you know, I was there 13 years uh, consecutively. But I remember in 1987, we we were down uh, in games. So it was uh, the, the fifth game. In the finals in Edmonton, I had four assists, and we won the game four to three, and to force the game six. And then, uh, but I remember the game with my four assists uh, to to get us keep us in that. And then, of course, in the game six, uh, I scored the tying goal with uh, like six minutes left to, to tie the game, and then JJ Daniel scored. It was, uh, the, the the spectrum was so loud. Yeah. So, but so remember those two 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 games was my, my probably my best best game ever in the playoffs was four assists in Edmonton. That's awesome! Fantastic! That's great. Yeah, it's funny because I I you know I was a little young I'm a little younger than 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 uh, than Gary is and but I've always heard the stories when when JJ scored that goal that the, the spectrum may not have ever been louder than it was that night at that moment. Well, that was that was true because. Uh, you know, it was exciting because we were in the finals against Edmonton, and and it was coming down to the end. And then so so when I tied it two two, it was it was so loud. And then two minutes later, and then JJ scored, and it, it stepped, it kept saying it was really quite uh, loud at that time. Yeah, and the spectrum was was a different that like the Wells Fargo Center is a cold building, but that the, the spectrum was different, ain't it? Like, are you, you oh like yeah! Well, they, everyone was uh, everyone was uh, close to the to the arena, and uh, yeah. But uh, the playoffs are special because it, it's, it gets loud, and you know, I, I remember looking at the tickets, and uh, I think tickets tickets called uh, like forty dollars in the finals. <laughs> wow! So in, in the lower line, so that's that's why we didn't make that much money. Uh, now that now they make a, a lot of money, and uh, but. Uh, you know, it was fun because we had good teams, and that's why we're here. We're here yeah. to try to win a Stanley Cup, like the Flyers are uh, this week. This year, the best era Flyers hockey, the the '80s, man. They, they were perennial, um, like cup contenders every year. Yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, 
Brian, my, Brian um, and Brian, I'll say this. Back then, that's when the city of Philadelphia just respected hard work. And that team, all they did was work hard. Worked very hard. Oh, definitely. Hard. Definitely. Well, and, you know, a guy like uh, Mark Howe and Bob Clark and you, you, you name it, like uh, Kerr, Poulin, uh, Tockett, uh, Brad McCrimmon, you know, and then, uh, you know, so like you, you had the, the two, two different kinds, like the, the tough guys and uh, the, the skill guys, but it was still, a, you had to win when it counted. And, uh, you know, the, the character players that we had in Philadelphia made a big difference for me. Uh, and so just, I was very fortunate that I was at least 11 years with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah. So you, you, uh, I, I have to have you tell the story on the air because I, I think it's such a cool uh, thing how it came about. You had a very special celebration, um, and it was uh, inspired by a stand-up comedian. If, if you wouldn't mind sharing with some of the fans, especially the younger fans that might not be uh, familiar with the guffaw. Yeah, so like every time that I scored a goal at the Spectrum, I went to center ice and I did a thing called the guffaw. It means a hearty laughter. I got it from Howie Mandel. He, uh, I went to his shows in the Atlantic City uh, every summer, and so I was able to see see him. Uh, I liked what he was doing, and so I copied him. Uh, you know, before when I scored a goal in mid '80s, and so like I went to center ice, and I I, I would go guffaw in the center ice, uh, and it means a hearty laughter and uh you know, excitement and so that's what i wanted to something a little more exciting uh that that could could make a difference and you know and from that uh i know that i the last month uh i already have i, I created my own guffaw cigar brand uh from the dominican republic for my 425 goals uh they're bo- bo- boxes of 10 and a limited edition and numbered and a, a special prize in them so if anybody wants to go to my uh, com website, people can order from uh, the online uh, website. I saw, nice. That's great. I, I saw a couple people actually on Instagram uh, today. Uh, one, one guy said, I'm about to have a great Friday night, and he had a Gaffal, uh, cigar in his hand. I mean, that's awesome. That's, that's great. And, and here we are. We're about to talk to you. And I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty ironic. Yeah, well, but 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 just just so everybody knows, uh, I did a licensing agreement with Vivente Cigars in the Dominican Republic. That way, I don't get in trouble for being a manufacturer of cigars. Oh, okay. And so, uh, you know, I, I've been kind of uh, covered that way. Uh, but the, the sales have been going really well. After my 425 box of 10, I'll branch off to three other kinds: uh, mild, a medium, uh, and Maduro. And uh, and uh, you know a, a nice cigar, but they're quality, and uh, you know they it, it's it's it, they're 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 awesome. Uh, I didn't want something cheap, and so people if they want they can order there, and then they, then that way when, I get, when the boxes are done, then they can refill with bundles of twenty five. Oh, there you go, mm-hmm. awesome. We're, I, I don't know about these guys. Well, Gary, I think you do. I know Mike once in a while. Once in a blue moon, I'll, I'll do a cigar. I think maybe we should buy some, some and, and we'll, uh, we'll do a little uh, photo op or something, and we'll, we'll promote your brand for you. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So, Sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, again, Mike, you got something? Yeah, actually, um, 
I, I really a question that I would have for you, Brian, is um, so you played for Philadelphia, Boston, Minnesota, and Hartford. Um, comparing the cities, um, maybe even more in particular, uh, Philadelphia and Boston, both two big sports towns, both, you know, known for hockey, known as being, you know, really passionate hockey fans. Uh, can you maybe compare the, uh, the time and which ones maybe were your favorite or, you know, you know, well, you know, you honest, know that I was, I was, I was, well, I was 11 years with the Flyers and then I got traded at the end of the season for a month and the, and the finals in Boston. So I, I only didn't have that long there with there. And then I was three years at Minnesota then it ended with, uh, with Hartford, but you know, Philadelphia is always my home. Like I, I lived there in the summer, you know, I've, I've been here ever since. And so like, you know, if, if, you know, everybody knows me, I've been here 41 years and, uh, you know, what am I going to do in, in Saskatchewan? Uh, thankfully, uh, <laughs> hockey uh, filled a life uh, was a big part of my life, and so I'm still here in in Philadelphia. And also, you know, I, I work uh, with Wolf Commercial Real Estate and Bancroft mm -hmm. Brain Injury People as their ambassador. And I've also been the ambassador the last three years every home game with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, but I did the radio for nine years for the Flyers right. and uh, every game uh, on the road and, and, and away. So I got to stay in, in front of these people. Uh, I love the Philadelphia, the city, the Flyers, uh, the, the things that we do together. You know, we have a great alumni. And so it's been special for me. And, you know, from my stroke almost five years ago at the start, I couldn't talk for three months i had to relearn with my brain how to talk uh so that's why i still have aphasia uh, and uh, you know bancroft uh, i have been working with them the last year and a half uh but uh, every uh every cigar box that that, that I, I gets bought bought i get a percentage back to bancroft brain injury people too oh, oh no oh that's that's Wonderful. I, I was wondering uh, what, what the affiliation with Bancroft was with you, and I, I know you were their ambassador, but I didn't know the scars and, and, and Bancroft uh, were, were uh, correlated. That's 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 a great thing for you uh, and for them, obviously. That's awesome. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Okay, right. Yeah, I have a question. Um, I'm sure you're watching the Flyers with the playoffs and everything against the Islanders. What do you feel? they need to do and what are they doing good what do they need to change what are they doing good to moving forward well you know that Hart is so good like he's uh he, he can win a, a, a series and, and he and he probably did because you know they, they were they're up three to nothing and they, they tied the game but Hart played really well at the start and kept him in there the other goalie didn't struggle a little bit but and then the Islanders are, you know, are tough because they kept going at you. And so, like, I, I would tell the Flyers that, hey, listen, don't back, back out. You know, just play the same way and force all the time. Uh, you know, even if you're up by three goals, you have to keep going for the next one because you never know how it goes. And so, uh, you know, but it's a tough series. And, you know, they're, uh, it should be a good series. But, you know, having Hart as the goalie, he is unbelievable at, at 22. Uh, he's had a couple shootouts, uh, shutouts already, and and he's been he's been solid. Yeah, I think one thing that definitely, the, a, bright, the, definitely a bright future for the Flyers at goaltender. Um, 
which is something they struggle with probably since Ron Hextall. Yeah. Um, so, um, did, do you feel they win the series? Yeah, because I think the Islanders don't have many scores. And so, you know, the, you know of course, like the, the top players of the team have to be much better. Uh, you know, they haven't scored much in the playoffs. Uh, Giroux has only had one goal in the last 23 games. And so you can't have that happen with your, your cops captain. You have to be more consistent with scoring if, if you want to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. I think one one thing that's going to help them is they have a great coach, and uh, you know he made some adjustments in the second game. He started dropping the center back deep deep into the defensive zone, so you're trying to close up the middle so they don't get any uh, weak goals, and they just got to cut down on the turnovers, Brian. I mean, really, I, I think if they do that, I think they're going to be okay. I, I think I agree with you. Yeah, but their young guys are are playing really well. Like the defense, uh, the young guys have been really good, uh, and that, that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just um, like back in the '80s, work hard. Just keep <laughs> working hard. That's right. You know, a positive thing with the with the top guys like struggling, like eventually they're going to come out of it. And if they all come out of it at the same time, look, if the Flyers are still alive at that point, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, they have to be more consistent with, with scoring. Uh, you know, the struggle, uh, the power play is, had one game where they got uh, three goals. Other than that, they, you know, not too much. Yeah, right. I agree. Well, Brian, before uh, before we let you go, um, uh, why don't you promote your uh, real estate too? Um, you know, because, you know, you're, you're, you're a real estate, you know, you're, you're doing that now. I mean, feel free to plug away. This is definitely a forum to do so. Yeah, so, like, uh, I've been working with uh, Wolf Commercial Real Estate the last uh, five and a half years with Jason Wolf uh, there. And uh, we've been there for the last uh, 18, uh, eight years. And we started, we're in, in Marlton, but we have another office in Center City, uh, 13, 1717 Art Street. And so it's all commercial real estate, but we do sales, leasing, uh, Sales and uh, and uh, property management, uh, industrial, you name about it, uh, we 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 do it all. But we're really good because we have a bunch of athletes that are with the team. So as athletes, we uh, work really well together. A lot of other people don't have that luxury. So it's uh, it's been really fun for all of us. Like Chris Henderson is a former ball player. And uh, now the Phil Casa oh, okay. is a cowboy, but uh, now he's with the, the team. And, and you have a couple other guys uh, that are athletes, uh, the young guys, uh, lacrosse, and you, you name it. Uh, but we work hard and we work uh, well together. That's awesome. Uh, before I let you go, Brian, w- would you mind doing an ID for us? Because, um, you know, when we open our show, we have, like, you know, our guests, you know, they say, hey, um, you know, I'm Brian Prop. You're listening to Corner Pub Sports. Would, would you mind doing one for us real quick? Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Uh, whenever whenever you're ready. Uh, so I have a little problem with my aphasia. Sure. So it might not get up, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Um, 
Hi, I'm Brian Prop with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I, you're listening to Carl Carbold now. No, see, I get That's I get a, mixed with 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 the Carl Corner Corner yeah Corner Pub yep Corner Corner Pub Corner Pub Sports Sports. There you go. Like that's that's tough for me to say, but that's let's okay. try it again. All right, sure. Uh, hi, hi. I'm Brian Prob from the Philadelphia Flyers. You're listening to Carner Palm. No, Carner Palm Short. Short. No. See, it's I, it's really tough for me to say that. That's okay. You you say that Brian Prob and Philadelphia Flyers. I can use that. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All no right. problem. Now I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, it was it was definitely our pleasure and, and honor, and uh, to, to have you on. Uh, thank you so much from all yeah, of us. Um, yeah. All right. Well, good. good. Should Go fly. We, should we ask our? We, you were probably we do have the, the one the, the coolest guest we've ever had. This was awesome. Thanks, Brian. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Brian. Take care. Thanks, Brian. Sorry, I couldn't hear it because when when more than one of you talk, there's like eight. There, I can't hear anything, so he he couldn't. I couldn't hear. My it. Bad. I don't. Sorry, I, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, and I'm I'm like delayed or something. Like I'm I'm cutting in and out too. So oh, okay, that's probably not helpful. Yeah, and I don't think he. I don't think he's drinking. Phenomenal interview. I was a great guest. Thank you. I felt bad. He couldn't do the corner pot sports thing, but. We'll figure it out, though. You can use on Brian Brown from the Philadelphia Flyer. Maybe we can, um, you know. I kind of put him on the spot. I didn't didn't warn him that I was going to do that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess we didn't realize. No, I didn't warn him. That's all right. I hope hope it doesn't piss him off. No, no, he's fine. He was fine. Uh, As as a guy, you know, he had a stroke and he has trouble with some stuff. But he had a, it was a great interview. Yeah, he was he was great, man. He had some great yeah, stories. I mean, yeah, obviously he remembers. I was gonna say obviously he remembers everything from his playing career and everything else. So yeah. you know. Yeah, it was Fantastic. awesome. Yeah, everyone seemed to to dig it, man. Everyone was uh going on. Proper was awesome. Great interview. Thank you guys. Yeah, our producer does it again. Well done, Sean. Yeah, nice job. Sorry, <laughs> I was kind of back. I think I finally got everything squared away. Let's not start sucking each cock or each other's cocks just yet. That's right. Well, yeah, you each know. other's what, Gar? Uh, how, dr- <laughs> how, how, how drunk are you? Jesus. I've been drinking since 4.30. Man. Yeah, I had no problem. Well, you're not asleep on the porch. I had no not problem uh, reaching out to him, man. You know why? Take I have people skills. So uh, from the Flyers, uh, a, a, a team that's doing really well, to the Sixers, who are, um, uh, yeah. Gary Zudini act. Yep, there it is. <laughs> you brought up Sixers, Gary's gone. Yeah, to, to the Sixers, who are uh, in the middle of a crisis. They're at a crossroads right now. I think Elton Brand actually said it perfectly. We're at a crossroads. One yeah. thing I do that I do really like, um, I listened to that whole Elton Brand press conference. Um, and call it naive, call it, you know, um, it did instill some, a little bit of confidence. Um, what I do like, like, so the, the, the slate's wiped clean, right? This is now Elton Brand's show. There's no collaborative effort. Um, so he's the GM. He's going to do what GM's got to do. When he first came into this job, he came into a, a, a nightmare like off the Brian Colangelo thing, 
there were things he had to fix, things he had to – he wasn't really the GM. He was kind of the GM in training. Brett Brown was kind of running the things. So there's no collaborative anymore. Um, Scott O'Neill, I mean, he's going to take input, but the decision for the head coach is Elton Brady. That's certainly the way that he, he – that's certainly the way that he presented it. I, I'm, I'm hoping that it wasn't lip service. Um, yep. But, yeah, I mean, at this point, I think you have to, right? I mean, you have to have somebody. Obviously, the collaborative – and that's what he said. The collaborative didn't work. So we got to do – too many cooks in the kitchen never works. Yeah. <laughs> too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Yeah, and I, um, I wouldn't be surprised. You're not allowed to say that anymore. Before you hear of a head coach, um, you hear a promotion for Elton Brain, like VP of player personnel. Um, well, you know what? I don't think that you want to do anything with Elton Brand until you figure out if he gets it right. Because, quite frankly, since he's been in the GM role, it hasn't gone that well. How has it? What is he? Well, I mean, you know, like, what under his tutelage, it was like what? That's what I mean, though. It's been collaborative. So, what can you particularly right. put on Elton Brand that didn't work? Well. I guess the one thing that you could say is that he tipped his cap about the Thibault thing and got, you know, and got fleeced a little bit by the, by Boston on that. So that one I can put on him. Yeah. Not drafting Thibault, but he traded up to get Thibault because he telepathed earlier in that week that he was going after um, Thibault, that he wanted Thibault. So, he had to move up to get Thibel and had to give up that early second round draft pick. <laughs> they did have faults. Yeah, um, Mike, I'm 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 not like turning this into a like a debate with you, but it was a second round pick. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I don't think Yeah, but it was it was like the first pick in the second it round. It was a second round pick, Mike. Cheers be you. And the NBA you get past fifteen to the I mean does it really matter what you're giving up to yeah. get well, somebody I mean, you, you want? You're, you're still stockpiling picks. Obviously, it meant something if they had to trade it to move up, and it was they had to pick right after it, and they came up and got the guy that I wanted in that with that pick right before the Sixers. So they they fleeced him and then had to pick right before him again and took somebody who would have been perfect, you know, perfect complement role type player on that team, CJ. Okay. Something or other. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but the Sixers weren't taking him anyway. Like, the, well, I mean, they, even if they didn't make the trade, the Sixers weren't taking that. So, I don't know who they would have taken. I don't know. I think that if I think that an early second round pick's valuable. I mean, there there are guys that eventually do come into the second round. Um, there there uh, are guys that do come in and, and uh, produce in the second round. There there are. I Jake Milton my, right now is again, a later again, second round pick. Point is if. You're saying the worst thing Brett uh, Elton Brand has done is traded a second round pick because no, he mean, got the guy that he wanted. That was that was one. I don't think that the Horford thing worked out real well. I don't, I don't know, know if that was that, him. That, I don't know if that's that collaborative. So I I wanted to say something about that because and this is not against you, well, Mike. I this don't is know. this is not against you, Mike. This is in general about the the Horford thing. Horford had what twelve? We did like it at the time. Huh. You are delayed. Wow. I said we did like it at the time. Right. Um, yeah, because Horford kept burning fucking Embiid. I remember you guys saying, hey, now he won't burn Embiid. 
Right. So, but the one thing I was going to say about it is, is you know, people were kind of attacking Brand for it, and I don't think that's fair because of this. And now, I, I'm not. I was never the biggest Al Horford fan. I thought it was a ridiculous amount of money to give to him. I did say that, um, but I I understood why they did it. Now, the thing is, people are blaming him for that, and oh, he should be ashamed of that contract to give Horford. But hold on a second. Horford had what twelve years in this league? Maybe not that long. I don't know. Ten, twelve years in this league, playing hot, player. playing great basketball. He comes here and he sucks. Right. How's that brand's fault? Right. Right. And I like uh, Horford was a. Okay, and I don't think Horford's done. They are overpaying, but think about it, guys. We and I we mentioned it last week. Every player that's come here from another team since Brett Brown has been here, regrets. Yes. So, but okay. He's so Jimmy Butler, he's like, I'm out. I he's can't the only it. one that didn't. He's and out. He right. And then he left. He so, that's because he didn't just do what Brett Brown said, and that's why he's not here. Right. So, my, but get, uh, Ryan, getting back to your question. So, all I, you said that he should be promoted, or you think he's going to be promoted to like VP from general manager. And I said, I don't think it's quite right, ready yet because. The team hasn't had, like, since he took over, the team hasn't had success. Now, regardless of whether that's his fault or not. That's a good point. Like, I'm not saying fire him, but I'm not, I'm just saying that I don't, you know, I think he needs to prove something before I'm ready to promote him. And right well, now, I what do you think he's done that's worthy of well, being? See, it's not that the, anything that he's done. Like, I just think no more collaborative. The collaborative hasn't worked. This is our guy. We're riding with him. We're gonna we're gonna succeed or we're gonna fail on on Elton Brand. You're well, talking about Elton Brand, right, bro? Yeah. Yeah, but so but the thing is, right, you can't look it'd be a bad look if you promoted the guy from general manager to VP and then turned around and fired him the next year. Mike, how much worse can it get? Look look at them now. Yeah, I got I got if, if they bring a new coach in and it doesn't work, it doesn't matter, Mike. They're gonna be the laughing stock of the league. Well, I mean, that's just gonna be one more thing to, to laugh at is the fact that like why can't you just leave him as the as a general manager, not have a VP, let him make the decisions, and then if he if he does well, if he turns this around and starts to get them treading in the right direction, then you can say, Hey, he's done a good job, let's promote okay, him. Okay, I, I wanna make this clear. I'm not saying he should be promoted. I'm saying the Sixers probably are because they're fed up with the collaborative thing, they're going to put a guy out front. Right. Right. So you, like, you're debating, like, it's my opinion to do it. I just think the Sixers are going it. Okay. Yeah. That's all. Okay. That's fine. And like, well, I'm not saying he should be. I just think they're going it. Mike, I'll get in the car. I got my lighter fluid. My lighter. I'll come over, pick you up. We'll find a dumpster. We'll light it on fire. On fire. That's the Sixers. The dumpster fire. So we're going to um, ignore that for now. They're not a thumb for fire yet. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with the gasoline. The gasoline has been poured. Talk about the, the Hopefully there's some fish in there. We'll smell that burning. I just think that it would be a bad look for the Sixers who haven't done well to be promoting anyone right now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, I think, Basically, at this point, you 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 stick with you stick with Elton Brand uh, in the position he's in because they obviously felt very high on him because they promoted him from the D League and, and you know the G League, whatever it was called, and they put him right up. 
They put him right in that GM role. Um, they, you know, he seems like a very smart guy. He's been around the game a long time. He knows the game. Does he know that he's part of it? Maybe me. not. He, he is, is. He is res- respect definitely. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt to see what happens with this coaching search. If we get a guy and he comes in here and he stinks it up, then, like you said, Ryan, we have a bigger problem. That, I mean, this is then it does become a laughing stock. Like, I'm not a big fan, but I asked my brother the other night, is it deeper than Brett Brown? Is it deeper than Brownstein? I think it I think it probably is. It could even be, like, from the top owners down. Because look at look at what they've done. I mean, the Devils are the laughing stock of the NHL right now. I, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of success. I think he's more about two potentially generational players. What's that? that? The Devils? That's it. Look, we're all pissed off. We're all frustrated with the Sixers. But the, the, again, they've the, the, like nothing's developed in seven years with this coach. No, but and your tank coach, not not. I mean, the Sixers went down a different path than any on NBA team in history. But the guy who's there when you suck is never the guy to take you to the promised land. Well, I mean. Look at Doug Collins. Suck again. Look at Doug Collins in Chicago. Couldn't get it done. They hired Phil Jackson. It gets done. Look at um Mark Jackson in Golden State. He built that team. Couldn't get him over the hump. All right. Like, yeah. But, but I just don't think the Sixers are oh, going to be. Oh, in it. I don't oh. think they're. You're hearing a lot of reports coming out. They they made too many changes. I, I think I sent you something the other week. If they would have kept. If they would have stood pat instead of making all these crazy moves, the roster they would have had and how you would have felt with that roster compared to what they have now, you would have you would have felt pretty good about it. They 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 were too they were aggressive and I know like at the time we applauded some of the moves and other moves we didn't. And they were they were aggressive and they were trying to make their team better. It just didn't work out. But the moves that like the players that they brought on board to make those moves, to try to make them better, haven't worked out. Except for Jimmy Butler, and like Mike said, they let him go. That's the only player that came here off a trade that was that was as good as he was before he came here. I agree with you that Brett Brown was a part of the problem with that. However, we are hearing stories now about Joel Embiid and about yeah. how he's an absolute prima donna and how he wants to be treated better than everyone else and how he, you know, whatever the case is. And there's stories. We had Yaron Weitzman on uh, during the COVID, I think right before shutdown. I think it was the last day before, like, official shutdown we had him on. And his book, Tanking in the Top. And I've been referencing this a lot to people on Twitter. Go read this book. You want to know what happened? Go read this book. Because breaking, uh, sorry, Bleacher Report keeps coming out with these little snippets. Breaking news, this happened. I'm like, that's old. It's in the book. Go read it. Like, that, that's that been known. He he exposed a lot of that stuff. The one thing, someone, oh, Elton Brand, Elton Brand drafted Markel Fultz. I'm like, no, no, uh, not Elton Brand. He goes, Brett Brown. I was like, no, we didn't. That was Jerry Colangelo. And, and talking about a collaborative effort. That was an anti-collaborative effort because he was the only one who wanted Fultz in that room. Brett Brown did not want uh, Markel Fultz, nope. and and whoever you know the assistants did not want Markel Fultz and Jerry Colangelo. Nobody did. The only one that did was Colangelo, right? And you got only one. Like if Colangelo wasn't there, they would have probably drafted Tatum. But you guys were on board with fucking Fultz. We thought he was the perfect pick. You know, talk about players that, that I was wrong yeah. about. I was wrong about Markel Fultz, man. Uh, same here. Yeah. Dead wrong. I, I... So, I, just the other thing that I want to say about Brett. 
Weak and soft. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Unfortunately, yes, Mike. <laughs> okay. Probably delayed. Am I still delayed? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, go. All I was going to say is that seven years, Brown had. That's longer than most coaches have. So I think that, um, you know, to expecting anything more than that is, you know, that's just a, that's the life of a coach. That's a longer life than most coaches get. Even successful ones that didn't have to go through a tank. Mm-hmm. Right. But my question to the, my brother, I don't know, maybe it was two nights ago. Is, is Brown the scapegoat for what the bullshit is deeper? And he said, no, no. he's not. No. He's just not. He couldn't get them. He didn't make them better. He didn't develop anybody. Yeah, he had a long enough time to do it, and he and he right. failed. And, and take the first three years away. Like, even if you want to do that because of the tank, take the first three. In the last four years, who came here and got better? Nobody. No one. No. No. No, nobody. And, uh, you know, th- I guess there was a couple guys, like, is it unfair to say that Thibault – like maybe he wasn't being developed. Maybe it's unfair. I don't know. It's too. It's, he's too young to tell. Right at this point, he's only been in the year. You know, in the league one year, so we don't know what Thibault will be. Um, but he, I thought he had a pretty good rookie season. It's not like he regressed. You know, from his from his uh, yeah, you know, last year scoring time. after after the four months off. I was hoping that he would become a little bit more of a scorer, not as much of a liability offensively. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, yeah. I, I think we know what what, what Thibault will be when I think when he reaches his peak, he's going to be a prominent perimeter defender and can hit you a shot here and there. Like he'll, I think that's what, like a Bruce Bowen type. I think that's what he'll be. He'll average you like eight, you know, eight, right. you know, eight three, and you know, just be eight and four. And Get just, you two or three steals a game. Yeah, and just be a great, right? Just be a great defender, great shutdown defender. Right. I have no problem with but that. But that's not starting. No, 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 he's not a starter. No. Okay. No. No. First, second guy off the bench. That's starting because he's he was doing a lot worse than that starting. Right. The playoffs and yeah. that's kind okay. of okay. But see what happened there. Like this, this <laughs> is this is what happened. Off, he comes off the bench on in, in game one. Then we're going to start you in game two. You have a terrible game. So now you're going to come off the bench again. He's a fucking rookie. He's a rookie. Yeah. That's right, coaching. Yeah. That, yeah. They went into the playoffs and Brett Brown had no clue. No clue. You had four months to try to figure this out. Don't let the fucking door hit you in the ass. All right. I'm playing I think that's a start. Moving on. I'm playing a song in honor of uh, Brett Brown. It's Three Days Grace's cover of somebody I used to know. <laughs> Did, have you heard this yet? Yeah, I heard it. It's not bad. It's not bad. Good. Not bad. See Brett Brown. I haven't heard it yet. See Brett Brown. Uh, you know, we we all saw it coming. I'm glad it happened. But they better not mess this up. And how many how many times have we been saying this for the past five years with this team when, when they finally got over that little hump? Hey, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the time when the Sixers are going to actually be good. Don't mess this draft up. Don't mess this free agency up. Now it's don't mess this coaching search up. I'm I, I'm on the verge of saying forget it. Like I, I don't even care anymore. That's where I'm at right now. 
Yeah, I'm out. If they, if they, if they hire Tyrone Lou, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I mean, there's a slight possibility they lure right away from Villanova. Nutter's not. That's what's yeah, going. Yeah. That's what you keep saying. This Nutter's not. That's what's yeah, going on in our text thread. Uh, uh, Callie's in there saying you know, he he wants Jay Wright. He, so why don't we why don't we talk about that? Let's just let's just throw that out there real quick. I mean, a few years back, Jay Wright said, "Yes, I would love to be a coach in the NBA, but the opportunity and the position would have to be right for me and my family." If, if look at the right. So the only the only thing that I will say, and I think. Callie probably brought it up is that if the NCAA is not even playing this year, right? Once the coach, like, do you can you even talk to the coach? Yeah, you're allowed to. And it's it's one year. It's one year. Is he going to mortgage everything based on one season not playing? I, you know, that's the only thing. All right, so why, why don't we talk about like what are the cons? Cool. What, what are the what are the cons of of him coming here? To me, none. There's not just, no. There's no cons. The no. Amount, the no, amount, I mean, I think I think there's a couple cons. You have to pay him to lure him away from Villanova. I mean, that's that's going to be a substantial amount of money. That's not a con for him, right? That's a right, con for the team. Go ahead, Mike. The coach's salary doesn't go against salary cap, so I don't okay. care. All right. Right. Yeah, I don't care about. That's when money doesn't matter to me. When it doesn't involve the salary right. cap, then it's not my money. <laughs> when it's a salary cap, then it's like, well, you know, it's. It's impacting the team. So the, the the cons that I would say for him is that he's a college coach that's never coached in the pros. So, you know, there's it's different. The other con I would say is that he only coached kids. Coaches Those are the only two things that I would say that, you know, he's not the only one that's done it. You know, um, the uh, obviously Brad Stevens has been phenomenal at doing it. You know, it's, it's not that it can't happen, but those are the only things that I, you know, I'm not saying I don't want them, but if you're asking me, like, I could see these couple things as being like, okay, maybe Kelly, there's a thing. Kelly, Kelly's have. saying give him everything. He's saying give, give him, him some ownership. Toilet. I think what he means is give, give him some. Give him his own toilet. Give him his own kitchen. I think he's what he's saying. What he means, I think, is give him some control. Would, yeah. would, would Jay Wright have a heavy say in, in what the team does, you know, with the roster and stuff like that? You know, I mean, he's a proven winner. And the, and the collegiate level. So is Rick Pitino. And he was laughed out of the league. Okay, but so was Billy Donovan, and so was um, Brad Stevens. Right. But, I mean, you know, Rick Pitino is regarded as one of the greatest college Rick coaches Pitino's there is. Rick a nutcase. <laughs> That's, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I understand your point, and I'm not trying to unvalidate your point. Like, like it's a, it's no, a you're right. no, that's all right. could come to the NBA and – more times than not, it doesn't work. It's all right. You did unvalidate it, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah Sean, don't let him argue. Don't let him argue. I'm not team. trying to do it, but he's a fucking nutcase, and you're an yeah, idiot but for thinking. Yeah, but the nutcase. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, Jay, Jay Wright's definitely a much more grounded person, definitely a much more down-to-earth individual. Uh, but that haircut's got to go. I, <laughs> I just – I just. <laughs> He's my top choice. It's I mean, fucking Rockers I'm top. Out there. He is my top choice. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not even a fan. How could you not like that choice? I just, I just, he's a god in Villanova. Why would he leave? Yeah, they're they're going to build statues of him in Villanova yeah. on the campus. Right. Everybody sucks his cock in Villanova. Is he going to get that in the NBA? My big 
Black Johnson right down his goddamn throat. Well, basically to sum up what the Sixers have done this week. That's not happening. And how we all felt. Exactly. So, I want to – the Show, other thing is, give your opinion on how you felt about Wright coaching the Sixers. How do you feel about it? I'm, I'm fearful because I, I don't know, man. I, I I'm just apprehensive about Brandon College coaching, and I, and I get it. Like Billy Donovan's been great, Brad Stevens has been great, but we, especially in this town, we do not have a good track record with college guys coming into the city, and and, and you know. Granted, he's already been in the city. He knows what the feel is and all. I'm not talking about that. I mean, like, to a to professional team in this city, we haven't had a good track record with it. I would hate to see anything. And, look, let's let's just face it. If he does fail here and he leaves Villanova and he fails here, he's going to – he's he's coaching the NBA. He goes back to college. It's it's How is it, how's he not going to get a, a top college job? He'll, he'll, he'll get another job. and. Yeah. and it's not that. So, you know what the other thing, though, is there, the amount of pressure that's going to be on Wright to turn this around is going to be enormous. If he's everyone's guy, like, if he doesn't do well to begin with, it's it's going to be ugly. It's just going to be like, this wasn't what we expected. Like, it's there, there's more pressure probably going to be on him than most anybody else that would be. I don't think him coming into the NBA – and even coaching the Sixers would be a problem. As he'll have it, he'll have success. See, there's another thing though. Like, so Jay but Wright, is it the success that the fans respect. Look, look at the offense, and look at the way that Villanova plays. Right, they 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 go smaller, they go quicker. Um, you know, they they kind of do that. And this team, the Sixers team, is not built that way. This team has a bunch of slow big guys. And who clog up the middle of the floor? You got guys who can't run on the other end of the floor to, to play any defense. You know, you, crazy plays off. Right, you got you got Embiid, you got Horford. They're not quick guys. Simmons Simmons might be the quickest big guy they have, but still, you you're a very long team. Jay Wright incorporated the four guard scheme. Have four yeah. guards on the floor at the same time before pretty much like I mean he 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 did it before a lot of people did it. Probably anyone did it. I I don't, I don't know. But they were one of the few college teams that ran that, and it obviously worked. I mean, they won two championships. So, ironically, that's what the pros are doing right now. I just think Jay Wright is the a Sixers. guy that can adjust to the type of players that he has, adjust to their strengths. But, but so, so if he if he's comfortable running that type of offense, how does you know what I mean? you know what I'm saying? With the Sixers, he's not going to be able to. He he's yeah, pretty- that's a good point, Sean. I mean, this this team is not built. For a Jay Wright type, you know, team. No, you don't have shooters. You have guys who clog up the middle, and, and you're just a slow. They try to be a transition team. They've always tried to be a transition team, and they're not. They they tried so hard to be that team. They really, you know, let's be the team that gets the fast breaks. But then we're gonna put a bunch of seven footers out there. Like, um, you don't think Jay Wright's the type of guy that can adjust his philosophy with the players that he has? I think he could. I mean, he's definitely a smart guy and he's a good coach. I'm not. Ta- I don't want. You know, I don't want to take anything away from him. I just, I just think that the, these guys are so set. Like you're dealing with professionals, quote unquote, professional athletes uh, on the Sixers who are set in their ways, right? And Bede, 
obviously is set in his ways. Simmons won't shoot a goddamn jump shot. Can Jay Wright do, get him to start shooting? Probably. He might might be able to. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, Brett Brown knew him his whole life and couldn't get him to shoot a jump shot. That kind of makes me worried a little bit. Um, I mean, there's I mean, there's stories of Brett Brown apparently in the locker room going, why won't you fucking shoot? Yelling at him. Why won't you fucking shoot? And he still won't do it. These these kids are making a ton of this difference. These guys are making a ton of money, and they're going to have some old white guy yelling at them. You know, like, yeah, all right, dude. Yeah, yeah whatever. You know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, think that was part of the problem. The fact that, that I, Brett Brown knew him as all I think Brett Brown coddled him. Well, obviously, I think that, you know, Richardson said it on the way uh, on his, you know, on Brett Brown's last day that there was no accountability. So clearly, there was no, I don't care if he was screaming and cursing. Did, did Simmons ever get benched? Did Simmons ever get taken out of a game when he didn't shoot? Did he ever, ever even get. Hold on. Look, um, at, look at this. Hold on. So Polsky, Polsky says, bring back the new bowl and watch. Ready? Callie says, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but he'd be better than Brett Brown. This one's playing now. Bobo. Right? Bobo? Yeah, Bobo. Yeah, Bobo. Yeah. Callie also said, right, kid, or Lou? No. I'm you, like you said, if it's Toronto, uh, I'm out. Dude, all that Lou did was let LeBron James run a team. That's it. Locked into a championship. It's you know, true. Year. He spent 20 so he's, gonna, he's going to get walked all over by Simpson and Bede. Polsky's asking if, uh, I, Polsky's asking if Minute Bowl was sick. You're a sick fuck! I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what happened to Minipol. I, I don't remember. He died, he died of two tall itis. Oh, <laughs> uh, never mind. I ain't going to say what you know I want I, I know we talked a little bit about this, but... Polsky said if he's dead, he's better. And Bede with the turnovers in that game three really pissed me off. And Bede getting tired after five minutes into a game pisses me off. Cheers to BU. And, and that's yeah. and, and that's <laughs> a bad turnover is at the end of a game by your star player. He, he's supposed to be your go-to scorer to finish a game, and he just turns the ball over. That's, yeah, I mean, the, 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 that's on, the, you, you can't be a star and do that. No, there's two things that the coach has to do, that the new coach has to do. He's got to uh, like hold a beat accountable to get in shape. And he's got to make Ben Simmons shoot. Yeah. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Both of them. Agreed. <laughs> and then I seen something, like, um, I think it's, I think it was yesterday that, uh, no, it was today. Today, um, about, about kid. And, well, this is, um, well, yeah, kid apparently is on record saying he wants the job. And... They're, they're, they're looking at Mike Brown. Like, oh, really? Yeah, Mike Brown, really? Like, really? Yeah. Well, and, and we and Ryan and I were talking right before the show, and we saw as we were scrolling through that uh, apparently uh, uh, they they are in, in – the Jason Kidd is very interested in the Sixers. Now, what how's Jason Kidd done as a coach? Because I kind of remember him uh. shit on the – 
court and throw it like I don't remember him well, being, wasn't he wasn't he with the Nets? Maybe that was early in his career. Maybe yeah, he coached the Nets for one year and they fired him after one year because they're the Nets. And um, he coached four years in Milwaukee before they drafted Giannis. They were like a 500 team while he was there, but yeah. they played hard. Um, I, I'd be alright with Kid. Um, he's not my number one choice. Um, when this all started and we started talking about it he like he was at the top of my list but he, he's not my number one choice anymore but i'd be all right with that hire i i i'd like like i wouldn't hate that what a good yeah. thing I is mean, kid likes his beers your, your guy right now I mean, your number one guy right is probably the the guy that just got by, fired by the pacers right yes um it was um before he got fired it was i'm a doka um that guy is apparently English, very well Um, he he's that he was a Sixers assistant with Brett Brown. You might say, okay, so is he going to run? This? I don't think he would. Um, hiring the assistant of the coach you fired, it worked for Toronto. Um, so I I like Imadoka. I wouldn't mind that hire. But my number one guy, like you said, um. I think he's probably the best coach out there right now is Nate, Nate McMillan. I I, I can't be, believe the Pacers fired him. I'd be okay with that. I don't know if you saw Callie's thing. He and I heard this too that Mo Cheeks' name's out there again. Like, Mo Cheeks already cried for right. his team. Yeah, we've been down out. the Mo Cheeks road. Yeah. <laughs> Mo Cheeks. Mo Cheeks. You'll slap those cheeks. Uh, I I would I would be okay with Nate McMillan. Uh, I'd be fine with that. I think that would be a good a good pick for them. I think he. He, I'm I'm surprised he was fired by the Pacers. Like we were saying, you know, without Sabonis, they, they were still a good team, man. And, and like I, I don't know, he turned that program around. I, I think he turned that team right. around. I I'd be I mean, Sabonis plays that series. Like they probably win. Mm-hmm. And he's developed I mean, players. And, yeah, and it's developing the players. I mean, Oladipo all of a sudden became a superstar mm-hmm. under. Yeah, like he did. All Depot was regarded this guy that had all kinds of potential, and he never lived to it. He was traded here, and then he was traded to Indiana, and he he became a superstar. Right. Wolski wants us to bring in the Harlem Globetrotters. He wants Curly Neal. <laughs> Look at these fucking names, Red. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Red Auerbach. Yeah. Oh man. I uh, overall can we get on can we get on Gene Hackman from the Hoosiers? <laughs> yeah. What a great movie, man. Whatever happened to him, by the way? Whatever happened to him, old Gene? He hasn't been in anything in like ages. He's taking his stinky. Well, He's know, stuck in the boat from the Poseidon adventure. Well I know that <laughs> I know that uh like like Nicholson retired He's in Mississippi. <laughs> I heard I mean I can't remember the last movie I've seen Gene Hackman in. Nah, me neither. He's not dead. Is He's he? not dead. Is he? I don't know. Are we sure that Manute Bowl's dead? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Who cares? That's a good question, Mike. Who the just f- because Kelly just kind of said it doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah, he's Who? dead. Manute Bowl's dead. <laughs> Who the fuck is Red Auerbach? One of the greatest... Like... That is the epitome of you have no idea. One of the greatest coaches ever. I'm asking. I'm just asking. (laughs) Well, what are you looking at me? What'd I do? John Wooden, Red (laughs) Allen, back. Yeah, come on, man. 
Um, oh, he is. Well, research hey, it. You do, you do a sports podcast. You got to know who Red Auerbach is. No, don't, because I make it plainly clear that I don't like the NBA. Then why are you asking? Now he's just. Why do you want to know? Because I want to know now. You. Yeah. Fuck. Right? yeah. So, not telling you. All right. Hackman is still with, alive. He's just retired. I'll be over with seven bullets. Cal- Hackman still alive? Yeah. Callie wants to know if you know who Ru- Babe Ruth is. Come on, you Delco cocksucker. Of course I know who he is. Uh, that's great. Uh, I love it. All right, so, so we've been talking about the Sixers. Yeah. We probably won't be talking about the Sixers. Yeah, so on. yeah let's do some CP, uh, CPS uh, jukebox. Sound good? Go ahead. We're not doing a three-hour show tonight, guys. I'm sorry. We can hang sure. out, but we're not doing a three-hour show. No one's listening to us for three hours. No one listens to us for 20 minutes. After Brian Prop left, our, our views dropped. Dude, I, I watched the views just cut out. Yeah, it was well, great. What's your shirt, Sean? What's that? Is that, is, is that a fucking – your shirt. What about it? Uh, is that what, is that is that who you are or what you do? Bride her. <laughs> Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. All right. Yeah, I just deadpan on my uh, my presentation today too, guy. Did you? Cheers to be you. <laughs> stop! You fuck! Stop! All right. <laughs> Top 10 of the year 2000 in uh, Corner Park Jukebox. Number 10. Now, I got to be honest with you. I-, I started naming these, and this is like the year after I graduated high school. I don't remember any. F- I-, I remember a very few. My wife is singing every fucking word of all these songs. I don't remember any of them. Go uh, ahead. I remember a few. I'm- 10. He Wasn't Man Enough by Tony Braxton. No. Nine. Bent by Matchbox 20. Bent? Yeah, Ben. I remember that song. Mike, Mike loved Matchbox 20 when they first came out. Uh, really? They, when they first came out. Can see, you help me? They were at a Wild 100 show, and they were on, like, the side stage. So I've seen them before, like, they were big. And I liked their first album. And then yeah. – they started really becoming poppy, and I think when you, when you told what me, was, it, what was the name of that first album, Mike? Was it Mass and Guilt? <laughs> I, um, I, I think when it, I, I'll never forget this, Mike. I remember you telling you, you, you were trying to you were trying to tell me that Matchbox Twenty was heavy, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm out, I, I'm out. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. I mean, yeah. You might not remember yeah. that, but I, I'll never forget. I'm like, what? And it never left could, my head. Speaking yeah, of that. I could see how I would have thought that because, again, I've seen them in concert. You saw them live. Yeah, I hear you. A little bit louder and a little bit more kind of. Yeah. Oh. What were you going to say speaking of what, Rye? Yeah, so, so I was at a concert. Um, had to be around 2000, 2001 or something. What was it, 2020? No, it was, um, I think it was a corn concert, actually. So there's a bunch of dudes walking around with a Blink-182 shirt on. And this was before I didn't know who they were. So I was like, you know, what? finally I asked somebody. Yeah. And, and, and like four or five different people told, told me like, yo, they're this heavy-ass band. They're so good. And I was like, then I listened to them. I was like, 
Huh? No. It's because their punk doesn't make them like hard. Right. Now, I can understand one person saying that to me just to fuck with me. Yeah. I heard it from four or five different people. Yeah. No. No, they're like goofy punk. They're they're so far. They're like the adolescent punk. They're so. Yeah. I mean, they're more melodic than heavy. Yeah. They're somewhere on this list. I know that. I'm. I'm. I know. I saw them on here. Uh, number eight, Amazed by Lone Star. I'm sure if that I heard it. Amazed by, I, that, that's... Yeah, that's that country song. Oh, okay. I Knew I Loved You by Savage Garden. <sighs> Quinn's like, that's my favorite song. I'm like, what? Um, <sighs> say, uh, I Knew I Loved... Uh, say my name, <laughs> say my name, say my name. Destiny Child, I remember that one. Yeah. <sighs> Everything that was college years, yeah. I, my God, everything of my hatred for Beyonce. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same. Your cock is the same. Everything that Beyonce does, I just despise. Nothing. No, number f- number five. You, you, you He's would, everything you want. No, she He's ruined. She ruined Austin Powers three. Sorry. No, she didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> no, she didn't. No, she didn't. That movie can't be ruined because of Goldmember. <laughs> Goldmember was good, but she was bad in it. She was But bad. she didn't ruin it. Come on. But that you would still. I still like the, the, the difficult. She made it more difficult. It would have been much, much better without her. It was still eat the pussy, Mike. Dude, that. that, that wow. She didn't ruin it, though. It was impossible. Fucking like the pussy. That, that might be the best of the franchise, Mike. You still mm. put your finger right in her hiney. No, the part when Dr. E... Mm. How about no? How about no, you <laughs> sick Dutch <laughs> bastard. <laughs> was... I pitied you, gold. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> All right, what's going <laughs> Number four. Number four, I Want to Know by Joe. Number <laughs> number three, Maria, Maria Maria with Santana. Great song. Uh, yeah. number, That's a great song. Number, a song. number two, Smooth with Santana and Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas. That's another great song. That album's – yo, he won that like 14 Grammy for that album. Yeah. That's wow. Dude, I'm, I I'm mean – Santana can play. Yeah. And, and when you go two to two and three, top top 10, you know, top 100 of the 2000, yeah. And number one's Breathe by Faith Hill. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, some other uh, honorable mentions. Number eleven. She wrote that song while she was sucking Tim McGraw's dick. I guess. Breathe. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, number eleven. Can you take me higher? Oh, that's a good. Yeah. What that was the beginning of that man. What that? That was a good song. Number the first th- album was good. That song. That that was yeah, it. That that was actually good. But I, I always hated that song. Yeah, the first two albums were really good. The third has like half the albums pretty good. The first, the first song, the third album is kick ass, yeah. and then it's like, Neh. what was that yeah, other one? Always. When you are in me, I bleed. Um, number fourteen, thong 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 thong, thong song by Cisco. <sighs> number fifteen. That came out, and I thought that was a, well. I guess that's probably about right. Who was bleeding, Sean? What? That was a Creed. If you're, in, if you're in me, you bleed? Yeah, it's Creed. That was a Creed oh, song on the third Creed. album. Uh, Kryptonite by Theodore's Down. Eh. That's an art song. Eh. 
What a girl Kenny wants. Is actually not bad. Christine Aguilera, number 16, What a Girl nice. Wants. Nice. With Jeannie a No, What a Girl Wants, apparently. I, actually, <laughs> no. Jeannie in a Bottle must have came out before this. Because, yeah, it's not on here. Uh, number we thir- talk about that on 99, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. You're right. Uh, cool. Number 36, with, with arms wide open. Creed again. Not like this. Uh, let's see. All the small things. Blink 182, number 40. There they are. Uh, there's a few others I had. Oh, number 51. Yes, I'm the real Slim Shady. Slim Shady. Oh, yeah. Eminem. What are those? My first year of college, too. Second, yeah. Yep. We stand up. That's Talk when, about an antichrist. That's when he blew up, man. It's crazy. Uh, let's see. I had another one here. You're a monster because nobody wants to see Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. This this one really got the uh, the club bumping. Meet Virginia by Train, number 70. Uh, oh, my God. That's so bad. Y'all want a party up in here, up in here, up in here. DMX, number 71. All gonna make me lose my mind. Open here, open here. What? Remind me of a strip club because every time you come around, I just gotta get my dick up. <laughs> Forgot about Dre. Open here, open here. Y'all gonna get that finger out. Open here, open here. Ah, you're gonna get my coach's penis up in here, up in there. <laughs> Gonna make your mama squeal up in here, up in here. <laughs> We're gonna start this party right now, huh? Um, <laughs> forgot about Dre, number 73 with Dr. Dre and Eminem. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, forgot about Dre? Yeah, with Eminem yeah. and Dre. Yeah. Crash and Burn by Savage Garden. Man, Savage Garden had a big year. Uh, that's pretty much, I think that's all I pretty much got, man. It wasn't, yeah, that's it. I, it wasn't. That great. Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say. When nothing comes out, and they move the lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. What the fuck is that? They forgot about Trey. <laughs> that was that was a great, great, great Not album. Too, man. Being up next to a burnt-down house with a can of gas and a back full matches. Mm-hmm. Right here. <laughs> it's probably been about twenty years since I've heard that song. Remember, remember the video? Like it cuts off, and then there's like I a little and Eminem's like. We were just up in the room listening to my Will Smith CD when all these flames broke out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, Kelly says the Beastie Boys got gypped. I <laughs> guess they had. I guess Interla- Intergalactic came out that year. I think that album came out that year. All right, what's next? Mm. No, I, like, I did that's like. I did like that. I actually don't like that song. Which one? Intergalactic Planetarium. I like my sugar with coffee and cream. Yeah, I don't know what it is. That song just, it's just, that song just annoys me a little bit. It's like too, like. Yeah, I, I, I personally think the Beastie Boys are overrated. Oh, dude. Uh-oh, Callie. Uh-oh. Now, Callie, you just set Callie off. Just wait for the next 40 messages from them basically ripping you to shreds. Overrated. I'm not going to say they're, they're not overrated, dude. They, they, no. they kind of really helped the rap. They also they also apologize for their lyrics. Uh, oh, hello, nasty! We came out that year. Um, I, 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 how dare you? Here they come. <laughs> I, I, I think I think they were they really helped the rap rap rock 
things start, um, you know, if you really go back to ill communication and stuff when that came out, I, I can't say they're overrated, man. They really they broke a wall. You know, they helped. Maybe overrated might be the wrong word. I mean, license to L, come on, that's great shit, dude. Yeah. That's great. You got to fight for your right to pause. And he said, no way. That hypocrite. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Now your mom threw away your best porno mag. Then run DMC. Yeah, run DMC and Aerosmith. Yep. Uh, Beastie Boys and, and, yeah, and that song, uh, Doing Walk This Way. Yeah, that, that. Those are the two songs I think that really kind of helped pave the way for great bands like Limp Biscuit. So, right. so Callie's just you know what? songs like I, I don't think of it. That's another one. Like I, I would have thought that they would have been all over the two thousands. Who's that? Limp Biscuit. Oh, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Fucking stink Trisket. That, that album was bad when it first came out. Trisket. <laughs> uh, uh, before that, down the bottom there, Delaware's out for the year. Well, hold on, Again. hold on. More importantly, because we're, we were just talking about music, I know I put that on. Ryan, Metallica S and M two officially came out today. Your thoughts? You got. I'm blown, I'm blown away. Like, like I'm listening to this, and Sean, I am totally not like just copying what you said to me last night when you listened to it. Like, it, it made me emotional. Like, I'm listening to it, and it, it, it's like I'm getting chills. Like, I'm almost holding back tears. Like, like it's if – this, if, this if this is the show that caps their career, well done. You went out with a bang. It was Ryan, awesome. It you, was have, awesome. you have that Bane too? Ever. Yeah. Ryan, you have it too? I don't have the DVD or nothing yet, no. It was, uh, it's, phenom- I, it's really, I just put it on Amazon. It was released today. It's crazy. I, I want to hear, I want to hear that on vinyl. Do you have a record player? No, but my mom and dad do. All right. We'll make it work. Yeah. It's, it comes on four, four, uh, LPs, man. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still kind of am impressed that not only they've done it once and I haven't heard it. I think I heard the one song on MMR, but that they, were able to, for a second time, match up their heavy metal music with an orchestra. is It's just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, it was the, better the second time, Mike. Yeah, and the thing, wow. the thing is, with, yeah, with this one, um, it's um, it's interesting because they let the orchestra, like, you can tell in the first one, like, they, they, they made it work, obviously. It was a great album. But this time, they kind of let the orchestra... Like they, first of all, there's a few things that the or, I don't want to give anything away for anyone who hasn't heard it yet or, or seen the movie yet. But it, the orchestra takes the front row in in many cases, and they kind of sit back and let them kind of control it. It's pretty neat. Like you could tell that their comfort levels were so much different this time than it was last time. Yeah, the last time they did it, James Hetfield was still a massive control freak. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Yo, you remember when we went to see that in the movies? Ryan thought it was a concert. <laughs> He's standing up. I was getting up, getting beers. I was standing up cheering. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people were people were cheering. I mean, people were laughing, you know, clapping, clapping and remember stuff. Remember the dude that's a couple seats away from us, though? He kept giving us the look like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just fucking idiots. We're all drunk. We're going in all hands. Yeah. <laughs> <It was hammered. laughs> all right, let me grab a beer for a second. But, yeah, 
uh, that and that middle when that second album starts up and they come back I, out I, after the, end of the first one, dude. Like like from probably probably No Leaf Clover through anesthesia like that 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 i mean it's all good but that that's the peak of it i agree that that section when i could it, it just takes it to the whole, whole other level that you weren't you weren't expecting at all it's pretty yeah. awesome uh all right so let's if, get back to this if i had a, if i had to criticize it and this is me nitpicking the only thing i wish is they would have done minus human i thought about because that because that song was written for the s and m yeah and they they never do it so this would have been the perfect priming time to do it. Yeah, there's a few songs that maybe like, maybe you don't do nothing else matters. Maybe you don't like. Maybe there's another song you don't you don't do and you put that in there. You know, I, I agree. And they have so much in their catalog. They could have done songs on this one that they didn't. They could have had a whole thing of songs that they didn't do on the first one. Well, I think I they, think, I think they wanted. I want to hear some of their shit on vinyl, dude. I think they wanted yeah. to play homage to Michael Kamen, though. Yeah. On the on the first Could one, I, th- I think they wanted because they did change like if Master Puppets, it's a little different. The strings are mm-hmm. different, especially in the middle part when he gets quiet and you know the guitar comes in. It's it's different than the last time, but he still pays homage to him. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a few songs that you probably could have maybe switched up and maybe not done, but because there's a few that are almost identical. Like wherever, wherever I may room is identical. Like it, it sounds yeah. like it's the same thing. But I was understanding. Man. Yeah. So so Master Puppets is on vinyl too. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, the whole show we watched, bro. Yeah, Damn, dude. The, the albums are pretty cool, though. I'll, I'll, after the show, I'll, I'll bring it. I'll bring it down. I'll show you what it looks like. It's pretty cool. And I then, definitely. And then I'll pull, and then I'll pull my pants down. You go. You can all blow me to the camera. All right. So I'm gonna talk about the uh, the Eagles and little uh, thing, little thing. <laughs> it's a little thing. You get your dick and your pussy all covered in shit. So why don't we talk about the uh, the Eagles and guys? Oh man. Was that Conak? Is that not the guy? Oh, is that kind of weak, huh, Mike? Yeah. yeah. What's that fucking Cognac? No, nah, it's a uh, crown. Oh, okay. Andre Dillard. I was going to start singing past the Cavalcia. Past the Cavalcia. <laughs> Andre Dillard, a bust. How is he a bust? Every, he's always fucking hurt. He wasn't hurt last year. Okay, so he started the season. He's doing good. He gets hurt. He's out a few weeks in practice. Now he's hurt again. Now he's out for the year. Tore his biceps, Gary. How does that make him a bust? He's out for the year. But how does tearing your bicep make you a bust, bro? What has he done on the field before this? You old fat bitch! You went into his second year. Nah, he's done. Time to move on. Okay, so you're saying (laughs) that Dillard's a bust, but our Sega white side is it? Who said anything about him? Polsky asked if you have Thunderbird. Remember the Thunder? Remember the Thunder? Thunderdo? Thunderdo? Uh, I don't think he's a boss, man. I mean, he just—he got an injury. All right. I mean, I'm not calling him a boss. I'm calling him soft as shit. Dad, now that any of us, any it. any of us hurt Wentz during the practice this week. Can you imagine if if he hurt Wentz? Fell and then went out for the and year. then got hurt the next day and hurt. Oh, ah, I don't want to think. Of, all right, anyway, um, look, we knew. Oh, shit, that, drink. <laughs> we knew... Uh, thank God we brought fucking Jason Peters back. Yeah, absolutely, girl. 
And I, I, I don't care about his age. That guy can still play. Whether he can or not, like he has to now. Yeah. Do you go he's out? Like, he's your, he's your starting left tackle again. Do you go right. out and sign Larry Orford? Do, do you who sign do you someone? Insert, who do you insert as guard? Probably got to be Terrell Pryor. Yes. Yes, you're 100 percent right. Or Pryor, I mean. Yeah. Maybe, do you go out and sign Larry Warford? Well, I mean, why why wouldn't you, Sean? I, I if I'm the Eagles, I sign a couple guys. The way that this is going, you I mean, need, there's, there's a few quality linemen that ain't signed. You're going to need depth. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm I'm officially worried. Yeah, um, the, the, this this is starting to become concerning. And here's the thing: we're not going to be the only team that's going to be going through this. We, we we talked about this a couple weeks ago. A lot of teams are going to have injuries because they they're not playing preseason. They haven't, you know. Well, let's face it: you know, COVID happened. Maybe some of these guys. I mean, I know they're professionals. I'm not I'm not saying that these guys are lazy, but there are probably a few guys going, eh, like whatever. I'm if not. You got, I mean, if you're a 300 pound offensive lineman and you're shut down, are you really working out at home? Like maybe no. maybe a little bit, but if you were a mini camp, right, you're you're eating pizza and watching TV. Right. All right. Okay. But you're not having preseason. Your training camp's going to be shortened. So at this point in your career, you realize what's going on in the world around you. So you need to go in when you have the opportunity. Play play like you practice. Practice like you're going to play. That, yeah, but the guarantee there's a lot of guys that just sitting back eating pizza and watching TV. You know what? It'd be Ryan. That may be the case, but if you're Andre Dillard and you had a disappointing rookie season as a first round pick and you're going in to start on a playoff caliber team, you're and you're not motivated. Like if there's anybody that should be motivated, it should be that guy. Right. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like I'm not disagreeing with you there. Working a bucket of chicken and fries. I mean, come on, man. I yeah, mean, you 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 realize as an athlete that what's going on around the world. I mean, any athlete in the NFL, I know they have some kind of some kind of training equipment in their home. But if the equipment's in your home and you ain't using it, what's the point? So the equipment is in your home. Use it. You got fucking Terrell Owens. He's fuck. He's in his forties, and he's fucking beating people out. I mean, he's in his forties, so that means he's constantly in the fucking training room, whether it's in his basement or off site. He's forty fucking years old, and the guy can still play. And you got guys that are younger than him, like half his age, and won't and won't commit to the style of training that he has. Just fucking, I mean, commit to the fucking training, and you're not. Yeah. It's just, uh, man, I don't know. I, I, I think, I, you know. Polsky said teat milk. <laughs> that was actually Callie. Callie said teat milk. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, well, Polsky's responding. Um, we, you know, we have a, fan, uh, we have a fantasy draft this week. I, I think we had a couple, I had one a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's another one next week. You know, guys are, are starting to draft for their leagues and, and all that. And I know we're talking who gives a fuck about fantasy football, but I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, set this up here. You're gonna be drafting these guys and I think 
you know, fantasy football players all around are, are going to be very concerned and very disappointed by this year because I think you're going to have a lot more injuries than you're, what you're used yeah, to. Yeah, you're going to have to, like, like, on the fantasy football thing, you're going to have two, three guys in a league that just, because of COVID and injuries, and you're going to have a guy or two that, because they didn't, like, they got past the injury ball. Right. So, it's going to be a weird fantasy year, man. All right, so what I'm saying, as an NFL player, whether you're up there with your contract and you got a solid contract or you're down here and you're still – make the best of your opportunity. Make your opportunity that you have with the talent that you have, make your opportunity worth being there and having that opportunity. Like, make the best of what you're getting. I think we lost Mike. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, they're going to have to just see what they can do. I, they're going to have to fight through this and, and see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm not feeling that great about it. I, I got to be honest. I, I, this season worries me, man. It worries me. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's, there's some positive things coming out about the Eagles practicing, and the one thing that I've been following is uh, Elijah Holyfield because there is a need. For that, for for a running back, because you know Miles Sanders is he's been getting a little beat up, and um, Elijah Holyfield, I mean the guy just runs angry, and he's making the best of his opportunity. I believe that kid will he'll he'll have a starting position. He'll he'll see time on the field as a starter. No, I would no, dude, but he's going to have time on the field. He might. I mean, he's a. Oh, 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 oh. Not as a starter. No way. And don't forget about Boston Scott. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Holyfield has has an absolute chance of getting back, you know, getting on this field. Uh, for sure, making this team. Without a doubt. Because, like you say, I mean, you, you, you're going to need to carry four running backs. Right. Which they, they did that. So, so Clement. What happened the last time they did that? What happened at the end of the year? Everyone they else got hurt. Yeah. I mean, they won the fucking Super Bowl. Who saw Boston Scott making, you know, making an impact like he did last year? Yes, I think that Boston Scott needs to be utilized like like Darren Sproles. Yes, because yeah. he's he's the same style player. Yeah. Did anyone else's connection get better once Mike left? Yes. Jesus, I I don't know what something's wrong with his internet. He said so. He he had to jump back in. He yeah, he's his internet's been in and out all day. Yep. All right, so I want to bring this up. Zach Ertz, I'm really curious to see what you guys think about this. There is talk that they're looking at extending Zach Ertz's contract. He still has two years left, but because Kelsey and Kittle resigned. So you're looking, if they extend them, you're probably looking at another six years? Yeah. Probably because they give them like a four-year extension. I just How old is he? I think he's what twenty nine. I'll, I'll look real quick, but um, I just don't. I I I want to extend them because we have Dale Scotter. All right, so that that's the same. That's the same thing I was going to say. Right, twenty nine. Yeah. yeah um, eventually, Dale Scotter is the same caliber of tight end, but he's capable of keeping you competitive. Right, and eventually you're going to have to cut ties with somebody. You can't right. keep paying everybody. 
Right. Um, so I, I think that uh, there comes a point where you got to cut it off, man. Yeah, Ertz is going to be he, – he'll, he'll be a, uh, a a salary cap casualty next season because next season the Eagles ca- uh, cap situation, it's it's bad. Mike was on AOL, said Cali. So you think you think this is his last year here? I'm I'm, I'm not I, I can't say that Ryan, but I I think that they're they're not going to bend over backwards to give him massive amounts of money. Just- and the reason I say that is because of what happened with with Kittle. I mean he he was extended for, you know he got a astronomical amount of money. I don't think Zach Ertz gets that kind of money. Yeah, Kittle's also five years younger. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm just saying, right? I agree. I, I just I, don't I, think that they're going to bend over backwards to make sure he's here following this season. I I think he is. I mean, he's here for two more years, so he, he, he'll be here. Unless they trade him. That's the only way he won't be here. They're not going to just cut him loose. I don't I, I, don't, I agree with that part, Sean, but I, next year with the way that – they, their cap is that they got to they got to make moves. It depends what the de- the cap hit is. Right. It might not be worth it to cut him. Uh, I mean, right. you're looking later in his contract. Some sometimes, especially at his age, you know, he's turning thirty next year. His cap hit might be astronomical. You know, that's. I mean, well, him aside, I mean, there's going to be moves that are made next year, and you're like, wow, I wish we didn't have to do this. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, next yeah. year's next year's going to be tough. Yeah, it's- it's going to be hard. Yeah. Oh, man, I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, me personally, um, it's nothing against the players. Zach Gertz is, I mean, he's probably the best tight end we've ever had. Um, yep. But, uh, again, some you got to start cutting it somewhere. So, um, if it gets, I mean, trade him. And like Cowie said, his wife's got nice tits. <laughs> it's true. Oh, fat bitch! You fat bitch! Nah, she's uh, nah. Julie Earth is. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. I, I just want to. I apologize. She's, she's an American treasure. We got to stop on the silent. Jesus Christ! Those guys on the text board going back and forth about that. And, and you had to announce it. She's an American treasure. She she's a great athlete. She's done. Yeah, those nipples are a pleasure. <laughs> I think this show should just be called Julie Ertz's Nipples. <laughs> nipples. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine how many clicks that Julie Ertz's Nipples. Thanks, Brian Prop. <laughs> Brian Prop loves Julie Ertz's Nipples. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, that. What the fuck? Julie's Nipples. Julie's Nipples. I don't think Mike's getting back in. I think his internet's gone for the night. I oh, so to so me personally, um, not that you guys asked, that. not that you guys asked my opinion, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> but uh, how I feel about the Earth thing, I, I, man, I'm kind of like on the side with Ryan I, or Gary. I'm sorry. Like I feel like I, he's great. He's one of the best tight ends we've ever had. I think they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to let him go. Yeah. And he's going to be, you know, he'll be 31 by the time you let him go. He'll still have like three good years, and then that's it. I, I'm okay with that because we have Dallas Goddard. Um, you got to free up money because there's going to be need. You can't sign them both. But what, what happens if Earth turns I mean, out to be like 
Tony Gonzalez, though. Like, Tony Gonzalez, where he plays until he's... for another 10 years? Yeah, like, he's that good. Because, you know, think about it. I mean, Ertz has taken some some decent hits, but he doesn't usually take the huge hits. And He hasn't had an injury. Has he missed a game? Yeah, he... Yeah, remember he last year. Remember he. Oh he's yeah, back. yeah, yeah. It's it's two or three games here. It's not where he misses half a seasons or a season. He's a reliable tight end. Yeah. It's a tough decision. I know that's the thing. I I don't know, man. I I, I don't even know if it's a, they're like. And, and again, this is nothing against the player. I don't even know if it's a tough decision because you have Dallas Goddard. Well, I, I mean, but you, what you under, what you see in the past few years with the Eagles, Ryan, they're loyal to players. You know what I mean? And, and they are, but that is one thing that Howie Roseman said has to change. You're right, right, Ryan. Oh. But I mean, is you it is it Zach Ertz where that changes? You know what I mean? Is, is it him? Is it him that? Where it? is it? Right, that's just the question I'm asking. Like, what, I mean, with the guy, the guys we've drafted, right? So Zach Ertz um, tried to prove that the loyalty to players has to change when they didn't right. bring Jason Peters, but he's right. back. He he's back here again, and Jason. Yeah, but he got him on a discount. Right. Well, he's back here as because because it was a it was a necessity of need. Double D yeah. double D's discount. No, she don't have. She's got fried egg titties, but a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah, you hear that fucking noise with the fucking the the metal fucking frying pan hitting the grill? Fried egg teddies. Let's go, offense! Pull your head out of your ass! I don't know. Wow, dude. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what to I do. Mean, there, there's there's good things for the Eagles coming up. But there's also some stuff that you're like, Whoa. I don't you know. know. What I mean? <laughs> Dippy tits. I mean, you can't you, you can't pay him. You can't pay Goddard. Um, no. I mean, looking forward to like, I mean, if Rager, if Rager turns into what we we hope he is, you're gonna have to pay him. My Miles um, will be going Miles in his third year. Andrews is gonna have to get like it, it, it's somewhere like it. it, it yeah, my regular. You're already paying Darius Slay. Carson Wentz is going. To, the contract is going to have a major cap hit next year. Like, but that. But the I think he, the quarterback contract. I mean, you can't. That can't factor in what you got to do next with the rest of your contract, because that quarterback he's getting paid regardless. If he's your guy, he's your franchise. He needs to be taken care of. He needs to be treated like he's the king of the team. Oh yeah. I'm not saying that they, but, but you still have to take into consideration the cap hit you're going to have from that contract. That's all. All right, right, right. It's still fact. Like I'm not saying they shouldn't have paid him. He, they got him as a discount. They got him yeah. very fucking cheap. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. All right, let's do a division preview. Uh, the NFC South and the AFC South. Or, yeah, South divisions. Jesus. Uh, so let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. Let me take a piss. All right. Atlanta Falcons signed Ton Gurley. Todd Gurley. Ton. Ton. Who the hell's Ton? Todd Gurley. Hi. I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Todd. 
Laquan Treadwell. I haven't heard that name in years. I I didn't even know he still played football. Hayden Hurst, Justin McCray, Dante Fowler. That's a good signing by them. Darquez Denard. That's a good signing. Dion Buchanan. They drafted A.J. Terrell, cornerback. That was the first pick. Defensive tackle Marlon Davidson. They lost Devontae Freeman. They lost Austin Hooper. Uh, other big names. Uh, Adrian Claiborne. Vic Beasley they let go. Jesmond Trufant, who's been on that defense for a long time. Uh, so that's that's Atlanta. Um, the next team is the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have signed Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I guess he's going to be their starting quarterback now, pretty much. Like a bridge over troubled water. Oh, I can ease your mind. Phil Walker is, is I guess, going to be his backup. Robbie Anderson uh, to go along with DJ Moore and uh, Chris Samuel. That's that's a pretty good trio of receivers there. Young, what happened young to the guy trio. that was starting for them last year? Uh, he's still there. Oh, no, no, he's gone. Kyle Allen. No, he's gone. Kyle Allen's gone. I don't know where he went, though. Well, I'm sure in the next uh, two weeks we'll find out. I, I haven't seen his name yet. Maybe today. We'll see what the day brings, if we have time. Uh, Seth Roberts. They, I don't know who Seth Roberts is, receiver. Russell Okun. Uh, let's see who else they signed. Eli Apple. All right, that's got it. They, the draft picks, Derek Brown, uh, defensive tackle. Jeremy Chin, linebacker. I don't know. Derek Brown's a good. Yeah, pick that was for that him. was a really good pick for them. Uh, losses. They so they lost Cam. They lost Kyle Allen. They lost Greg Olson. They lost Daryl Williams. Uh, offensive tackle. They look, pretty much their whole offensive line's gone. Gerald McCoy. They lost him to the Cowboys, who's out for the year. Hit <laughs> uh, Bruce Irvin. Eric Reed. They lost a lot. So that's the uh, Carolina Panthers. New era for them. A new coach. And a new coach. That's a new era for them, man. Ron Ron Rivera went to the Washington football team. Uh, The New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston is Drew Brees' backup. It's a pretty damn good backup. Ty Montgomery. Didn't they get Emmanuel Sanders, too? Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Nigel Bradham. Oh, never mind. They cut him. Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, draft picks, Cesar Ruiz, Zach Braun are the first two uh, offensive uh, linemen and a linebacker. And uh, they lost Teddy Bridgewater, Zach Fine, a fullback. I don't know who even counts that. Larry Warford, as you mentioned, is still out there. Uh, so that's an Eli Matt Apple. Uh, they lost him. So that's the Saints. And then finally, NFC, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fucking queers. <laughs> Uh, Tom Brady, Gronk, basically the big two additions. And uh, they drafted an offensive tackle, Tristan Wirfs, and Antoine Winfield as a safety, and running back Keyshawn Vaughn, who has actually a chance to uh, make some make some noise there, uh, the running back position as a starter possibly for Tampa Bay. They lost James. Rumors are that Gronkowski's having trouble adjusting to the Florida weather. Yeah, and I heard that Brady's actually struggling with the playbook a little bit, too. Uh, James, James Winston, uh, they lost uh, Peyton Barber, Brashard Perryman. That, that's basically it for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, how do you guys see the NFC? 
man. Everyone's darling, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say Saints, Bucks, Falcons, Panthers. I like Chicago. Good. I'm glad they're, they're playing. The, in the they're, they're in the north, dude. Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Yeah, well. I mean, how can you not like the Buccaneers? They got Tom Brady. <laughs> I'll shake your head at me, you fucking jit bag. Um, Who else is in this division, Gar? I don't know. Who cares? Gary's drunk. Yes, Woo! I am. I, I – uh, that offense alone, man. They were seven and nine last year with a quarterback who turned it over as much as he threw touchdowns. Tom Brady's not going to do that. Uh, and they added all offset offensive weapons, and they're going to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, Arians, uh, although Arians, uh, I don't want to bring it up. Arians is under a little bit of hot water for some comments he made today um, regarding the whole situation going on with the protests. But I didn't hear any of that from him. He he basically, never mind. He, I get it. Moving on. He said it's worthless. He said the protests are, are pointless. Okay. That's not going to go well with the players. We'll leave it at that. That's not going to go over well with the players. Um, okay. So he's, yeah, he's there. But I think I I, I think I'm going to go with Ryan here, man. The Saints are just, the Saints are just stacked. They're stacked. So I'm going to go Saints Bucks. Carolina over Atlanta. I'm going to go Carolina to three and Atlanta four. You think Falcons finish bottom in that division? I think they do, but I think I think it's like six and ten now, or seven and nine maybe. They're not going to be terrible. They're going to be decent. The Falcons compete. Yeah, I, I think the whole division competes. I, I, I just like – like, I like Bridgewater yeah. with DJ Moore. I, I think that's a that's a good fit for him, I think. And, and – they get some stability at quarterback, hopefully. And Bridgewater is a solid quarterback. I think that they're going to be decent. They're, they're, the defense is a little rough. Keekley's gone now, so, I, you know, he retired. So, they lose him. But, uh, oh, and Callie's going to bed, and Polsky said, don't forget the lotion and tissues. Um, but, <laughs> and he came back on and said, I got it. It's a sabotage that he's going to bed. Yeah. Thanks. Now, now I ain't watching the fucking Phil and Go. Good show, you cocksucker out there. You bail out on us. On the Phil and Good show on Sunday, we have Wes Chamberlain, former Philly, 1993. Hey, I ain't watching. Kelly cut out on us. Houston Texans, AFC South. They added David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb. I'm going to blow through this. Jalen Watkins. They drafted a defensive tackle, Ross Blacklock. Uh, they lost Carlos Hyde, Lamar Miller, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, that's that trade. So that's the Texans. The uh, Colts added Philip Rivers, Trey Burton, DeForest Buckner, Sheldon Clay, Xavier Rhodes, TJ Carey. They're going for it. Wow. Colts, yeah, the Colts are all in with Philip Rivers. They also drafted Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, who's competing for their starting role. Uh, they lost Brian Hoyer, Jonathan Williams, Devin Funches, Ebron. They finally got rid of that piece of shit. That's basically it. I, I, they, they're, they're trying to go for it, man. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I absolutely like the Colts. Their defense is already solid. Yeah. And Philip Rivers is not a slouch. He's a very good quarterback. This is his last chance. Yeah. We, we've had this debate on the show with Mike. He's numbers wise, he's a Hall of Famer. 
I mean, his numbers are fucking spectacular. He's got it. He's got to get to the playoffs this year. He's got to. He's got to do some noise in the playoffs this year, and that'll. I, I, I think he might. Um, he's going to be um like rejuvenated on a good on a good team, but a good shot. I think he has one. Of, I think he has one of his better years, and he. Who's the coach here? It's that fucking Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Yeah. And I, I think Frank Reich, I mean, this this also could be where his his career as a coach makes, right. it, makes a change or it goes one way or the other. All right. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville. Added Mike Lennon, Chris Thompson. Good pass catching back if he's healthy. Tyler Eifert. Uh, that's basically all for the ads. Uh, they drafted C.J. Henderson at cornerback. Good, good pickup for them. Uh, I think he's going to be a decent cornerback to go with, you know, Pretty much a, a secondary, I think, is pretty solid there in, in Jacksonville. They lost Nick Foles, the Hall of Famer, according to Gary. <laughs> Marquise Lee. A.J. Boyer. That's the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, which... I, th- I mean, he's going to beat out Trubisky. Just saying. Oh, that's a fucking task. Uh, Tennessee. They added Ty Sabranio, uh, offensive tackle Jeff Crawford. They... Vic Beasley went to uh, Jacksonville. That's a Beasley Ford. Jonathan Joseph went to uh, Jacksonville or to uh, Tennessee. Draft picks. They drafted a couple of linemen. They lost Mariota, Deion Lewis, Delaney Walker, Jack Conklin. Man, they lost a lot. Cameron Wakes is gone. Yeah, so that's losing Delaney Walker is going to be huge for them. And and and, uh, yeah, that's so that's that that's that division. I mean, I like the Colts. I like the Colts, too. I think the Colts win that division. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to say Colts, Titans. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Jacksonville's at the bottom for me. Yeah. Who's the other team? Uh, Texans. Texans. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Colts, Titans, Texans. Jacksonville. 100% agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I do think the Titans are a playoff team, though. They're a wild card. Yeah. I think the Colts are going to be the type of team where you're like, what the fuck? Where'd they come from? Look what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I I think because the Colts have have a good defense. They've had a good defense for the past couple of years. And now they have – I mean, they've been kind of uh, – Jacoby Brissett was okay for them, but, you know, Philip Rivers is a game changer if if he doesn't – As long as he lives up to being Philip Rivers. This might be the right. best defense he's ever had. I mean, yeah. Philip Rivers has never had this quality around him. No, he hasn't. Uh, well, early in his career with the Chargers, remember he had Ronnie Harrison – um, oh yeah, that's true. Or that's early. I'm, well, did he have Ronnie Harrison that early? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. But that that was growing pains then. That's true. He was yeah. very young. Like he, you know, never he had he's a veteran. He was, yeah, like when he was this premier quarterback, he never right. had the kind of team. What? Well, yeah, well said, bro. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. with a little bit of baseball talk, and then we'll call it a night. Uh, Ryan, you want to bring up uh, some news that the Phillies are getting one of their relievers back. Uh, hopefully, yeah, has, hopefully has two ball sack, a, a full ball sack back. Yeah. Um, Suarez, um, he got hit in the balls, what was it, two weeks ago? 
I stuck my big black Johnson right down his goddamn throat. I don't even, I don't even think we talked about it. He got hit with a line drive, brain his balls. You can't hit it. Went to the ground, got up, made the play, tried to walk off, and then collapsed. He got hit in the balls. Yeah, and had to be taken off on a stretcher. Yeah. In the balls. He looked down, there was blood everywhere. He got it all over my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> That was, dude, that was, um, I, it was impressive that he got up and threw that guy out. And then yeah. he just kind of laid there. Oh, 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 man, that was just brutal. Well, we're, we're going to be getting him back. And um, a little bit of bad, bad news. Uh, Roberson had a uh, setback. You're probably not going to see him this year. Um, his, I mean, yes, me, I, his career is probably over. Could be. 36, 37 years old. I mean, it would be nice to see him come back, though, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, here's a guy. He's at this age, had a had a fucking traumatic injury, which was a bad – it's a very bad injury. Gets the surgery. He's trying to get back. He's doing everything he can to get back. And he has a setback during a fucking quarantine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and, – and now he says, all right, he realizes, okay, this ain't the year – let me try to come back next year, and he comes back next year, and he he's able to play. Is um he's under contract for us next year, right? Yes, next year, two or three years. I think next year, next year is his last year. Yeah, it's a shame because right. they actually went out and signed these relievers: Tommy Hunter, um, uh, Robertson. They, last year they signed those guys, or Robert, Hunter's two years ago, but they signed Robertson thinking he's going to nail the back of our bullpen. Sir Anthony's going to be our closer. Or Naris, whoever, or you know, whatever it might be, Robertson, Sir Anthony, Naris. Those, that's the back end of our bullpen, um, and we're going to be solid there. And hasn't worked out. Sir Anthony's been out since last year, and and, and Robertson's been out since last year. It, it's a shame because they did try to address it. I I will give credit when credits due. It just didn't work out, and who you can't see injuries happen. It happens in baseball, man. Uh, you know it, it sucks, and they and they invested a lot of money in Robertson. It just it, did. it just it just didn't work out. But there was also opportunities for them to make adjustments and add additions to that bullpen, Sean, where they just didn't do it. Yeah, they didn't do it. Well, they're, they're I mean, they're trying. Yeah. I, I mean. Right. Uh, bring Workman. There you go. Yeah, bringing a Workman in. Yeah. Um, for the uh, from the Red Sox. I mean, Workman's been he's been struggling a little bit. Um, you know, he struggled the other night. He had runners on the corners. He, he got out of it. You know, he, they they won the game, but it, it's it's been it's been difficult. It's been difficult. This is Gary's. This is Gary's request, man. This is a good song, really good song. This is Dead South. It's a good song. These guys, they have a brewery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're good, man. Well, Gary's dancing. Well, I, I think it goes without saying. <laughs> Polsky said, "What the hell? Get the canoe." Right, what are we watching? Deliverance? Uh, man, that's great. That's a great song, man. I see my redhead, Miss Pitch, and you shed quick in a squeeze. 
Alright, anyway. It didn't hurt, flirt, blood, squirt, stuff, shirt like me on a tree. I can't I can't even concentrate. It's such a great song. Alright guys. Thank you to Brian Prop. Flyers Hall of Famer join us tonight. Uh great interview. Great stories. Uh and a great guy. And we'll we'll try to get him on again. Next time I won't ask him to do an ID. Because I feel bad about that. I, I feel bad. He's struggling. I'm trying not to laugh. It was uh <laughs> Good night, guys. 